Well, talk about mixed messages. On the one side, a strong recovery continues to ignite inflation fears and US CPI was a bit higher than expected again yesterday. On the other hand, one of the major determinants of a swift global recovery, the expediency of vaccine rollouts, has hit a speed block with Europe and the US halting use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. In Australia, the NAB business survey showed a nation well on the way to recovery, but similarly, prices are rising up too. So should we be paying more attention to inflation concerns or should we just be listening to our friendly local central banker it's wednesday the 14th of april 2021 it's the morning call from nab good morning Well, the US dollar is another third of 1% down on the DXY. It's lost a third of 1% against the Japanese yen. The euro and the Aussie dollar are up a third of 1%, but the pound is only ever so slightly up. US stocks are a little mixed. It's the tech stocks doing well, over 1% up for the NASDAQ, whilst the Dow is down 0.2%. If you take the top 100 in the NASDAQ, then that's reached a new high, and the composite isn't far off its high too. Uh, The S&P 500 is up 0.4%, also reaching a new all-time high. Only small movements in Europe, although the CAC 40 is up 0.4%, and we've got a four basis point drop in 10-year treasuries. Let's start there. Rodrigo Cotrill is Senior FX Strategist for Markets at NAB in Sydney. Look, we said yesterday uh, that if there was a large upside on inflation numbers, then that would give rise to concerns that inflation was more than just transitory. Well, it was a bit higher than expected, but not that much. And maybe it wasn't what we were expecting, but we've seen a, a, a swift reaction in the bond markets. Yeah, yeah. Morning, Phil. And if anything, that reaction has been sort of the opposite of what you would expect. Uh, so USCPI, not only the headline, but the, the core reading were a little bit stronger than expected. And yet, as you mentioned, we've seen a, a decent decline in, in longer dated uh, US Treasury yields. So um, I suppose... The, the one argument on, on all of this is that the, the, the numbers were pretty close to expectations. Um, so not, not significantly much higher than, than what, what was expected. Um, but, but saying that, um, when, when you look at the details of, of, of the, the rise in the core CPI, um, and I suppose in particular, we should highlight the numbers that we've seen the headline CPI increase to 0.6% in, in the month. So that's uh, following a rise of 0.4 in February. Um, and then that's taking the headline number to 2.6%. So a little bit higher than what, what the market was expecting. Uh, and similarly, when you look at the core reading, the core reading also jumped a little bit more. Um, and now it's uh, at 1.6% uh, in terms of the year on year number. So. We've seen an, an increase in the acceleration of both the headline and, and the, um, the core readings in inflation in the US. Um, and then the big debates and what at the moment appears to be sort of the consensus is that, well, this is just a function of the base effects and, uh, um, and, and they're only going to be, and they, for now, they're likely to be transitionary. A transitory. Um, so um, that it sort of still remains a bit of an unknown. Um, but when you look at the details, some of those uh, increases have been driven from the services side of the economy. And of course, the jump and increasing activity in the services sector is not is not just happening for one. It's continuing to see, and the, the PMI readings have continued to suggest that you're still seeing, you know, more evidence of more activity. Um, so it, it remains to be seen whether that that increase in inflation will prove to be transitory or not. Um, but the, the message from the Fed is that for now they they are not too concerned. They are willing to accept a rise in core inflation uh, for a yeah. couple of months, and, which, and which we've heard time see- and time again. But as you're saying, it, it, you know, the the jury's out, isn't it? Depends on whether people. 
people agree with them or not. And then we've also seen the reaction in uh, in in the share market as well. You might have thought that would go the other way as well if there was uh, any fears of uh, of inflation. Because I mean, you know, you look at it, inflation and higher taxes are coming down the road as well. Uh, you know, two signs that the recovery might not be as sweet as be, as had been hoped for, and yet equities rising higher. Yeah, equities rising higher, and 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 I suppose the combination of of sort of the the declining yields has seen those those sectors that are typically sort of um, you know performing well when you see inflation rising, when you see a steepening of the curve. Um, those those are the sectors that have come under pressure. So the financial sector. Uh, and, and industrials and, and materials, so more cyclical, uh, are actually the, the underperformers. Uh, while you say that the others, others have actually, like IT, have performed really well. So, uh, so for now, so I suppose the conclusion is that for now, the market is not concerned about the rise in inflation, uh, and indeed, you know, yeah. we're still sort of traveling with a risk-positive outlook, uh, despite the fact that there's been some concerns around the vaccine developments, particularly in the US. Yeah, well, that was yeah, that was going to be the next point. You know, they're going well despite the fact that Johnson and Johnson, the vaccine rollout, has been halted in the US and Europe as well now because of uh, cases of blood clots. Less of an issue for the US, perhaps, but they, in Europe, they're expecting to immunize 55 million people uh, between now and June using that vaccine. Yes. So I suppose that that's the kind of the big distinction of what, what's happened overnight. So when the hit, when the news uh, hit the screens, uh, we saw the, the market struggle. We saw volatility both in equities and, and the, the rates market. But then later on, particularly the US market sort of recovered quite nicely. So the conclusion was that, well, actually, when it comes to the US, the Johnson & Johnson is not the primary vaccine and the, the US has a lot of other vaccines so therefore it's not going to be a massive effect uh, but it's still now there's a bit more question marks about what happens around Europe because uh, the, the Johnson & Johnson is a bigger component and, and the other factor is that you've got to remember that Johnson & Johnson you only need one shot you don't need two so when you talk about 50 yeah. million it's actually 50 million people rather people, than 25 exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah which is basically a quarter of the population a quarter of the adult population so we've, got, we've obviously also got the same problem in Australia that things are moving slowly uh, I mean we've knocked back the Johnson and Johnson one uh, and also the AstraZeneca for anyone under 50 so basically it's Pfizer that's going to take a while so I mean that can delay the recovery for tourism and for the education sectors and yet you know there doesn't seem to be too much concern on that does there I mean you know the Aussie dollar's uh, not too concerned about it the ASX 200 is doing okay yes and I suppose that there's been a general view that there's sort of the, the, the reopening of, of those sectors in the economy will take some time. Um, you know, maybe there, there was still a little bit of sort of skepticism that the, the regional sort of deadlines that the government have put as early of October and then later in the year uh, were going to be met. Um, because it's not just a function of, of how well we do here, it's also a function of how the rest of the world does in order to reopen and have tourism come into Australia. So um, I suppose that that's why we haven't seen an immediate reaction to, to those news in the domestic market um, um, and, and overall uh, you know the, the, the Australian or rather the Aussie dollar is performing well because the, the outlook for the global economy still remains yep. relatively strong uh, despite the fact of the setbacks from, from the vaccines and it was all good wasn't it in the NAB business survey yesterday for March employment forward orders profitability business conditions all reaching new highs I mean there was a bit of a dip in business confidence but the other element as well is I mean we get back to the, uh, the inflation question because prices on the input side uh, it's not being passed on to the consumer yet, uh, but it's it's shifting upwards. Actually, the fact it's not being passed on to the consumer, maybe, and so businesses are taking a, a bit of a margin squeeze. That might think be, be be because they think 
it's only temporary. Yes, I mean it's still early days. We're kind of following the path that we've seen in other in other economies. And um, to be honest, we, we also got to remember where we come from. So it's, it's pretty low base. So an increase in, in inflation should be expected. The question is whether we're going to get back to that two percent level or to the two three percent level. So getting back to where we were, if you like, is good news. Um, but uh, we were still a long way from that two to three percent, particularly in core core inflation. So the readings are positive. Uh, we want to see a rise in inflation uh, that is reflecting an increase in economic activity. Uh, but at the moment, uh, you know, we're still a long way from getting concerned about too too high inflation, if you like. Um, and I suppose the other major yeah. takeaway from from the uh, NAB survey, for me at least, is that the capacity utilization continues to perform really well to be above average, and that, that is an important leading indicator to the labor market, which continues to suggest that we should expect solid improvements on the labor market over the next six months at least. And the payroll numbers uh, yesterday were so strong as well for the four weeks to the 27th of March, up 0.8%. There's no point in comparing it with a year ago, of course, because a year ago we were really into the, uh, the throes of lockdowns and the like. But uh, if we compare it to pre-pandemic levels, actually 1% higher than it was before we went into this thing. Yes, that's right. So uh, for now, the, those numbers, you know, we, we it's always a little bit, you have to take them with a bit of cautiousness. But again, it certainly plays to the view that um, a further improvements in the labor market should be expected. And finally, we should, we should start seeing a little bit of an increase in wage yep. uh, pressures, which again, is a positive as yeah. well. All right. Well, the UK bounced back a little in February. January's GDP was down 2.2% month on month. But February, it bounced back 0.4%, if you can call 0.4% a bounce, uh, which isn't bad considering they were uh, still in lockdown, but manufacturing and construction helped with all of that. But that, you know, maybe shows a sign that they could expect a, a good rebound in April uh, with lockdown easing. Little response to that in the pound, which we've already mentioned, but actually maybe more interesting, Andy Haldane is uh, stepping back from the Bank of England board. He's doing something in the arts, I think, when they eventually yes, reopen. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, he, I was, he, he, was fairly, he was fairly hawkish. So, do, does that change the composition of the board a bit at the BOE? Well, certainly there's a lot of chat around that uh, following the news because he certainly was the sort of the arch hawk, if you like, within the, mm. the MPC. Um, and, and unless you have a, a, another super hawk replacement, then inevitably there will be a bit of a more dovish uh, inclination. So um, it's certainly a, a, an interesting development, but the, the market hasn't really reacted too much. There's obviously, uh, you know, more than just one person in the in the MPC, uh, yeah. and and uh, obviously he's he's an important uh, influence, if you like, uh, but um, and not 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 something to 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 change the narrative at least in terms of what the BOE thinking is at the moment. Well, and he may be, you know, be interesting to see what he says uh, once he's left as well, because he'll be able to be a bit more open, of course, won't he? Look, uh, China's trade numbers up, not surprisingly, but up more for imports than exports. So, I mean, what does that mean? They're either uh, importing more inputs for an export surge later on, or they're seeing some domestic growth? Well, yes, I suppose that that is a surprising number out of the, the solid numbers was that uh, the import numbers were a bit more stronger than expected. And uh um, mm. And again, like you say, it's a reflection of sort of a solid domestic demand, uh, but also maybe maybe a preparation into what um, we, we're yeah. expecting to happen, which will be an increase in, on, the, on the export side as well. Yeah. All right. Now, Australia gets its monthly consumer confidence reading for April. Uh, the RBNZ as well today, dovish again, we can presume. 
Yes, that's the major takeaway there. We, we don't think we're going to see a major change in terms of the narrative from the RBNZ, highlighting that the recovery in the New Zealand economy is still going well. Um, also, maybe acknowledging that the inflation pressures are rising, but at the moment they're not a concern because there's a lot of uncertainty in the outlook, and not only in terms of the domestic economy, but of course because of the pandemic. So therefore, it justifies the, this ultra dovish position at the moment. So, so we don't expect major changes there. But commentary around inflation perhaps will be the, the one to watch, uh, given um, the, the many leading indicators are telling us that we should expect a rise there. And therefore, what is the reaction function from the central, some central yeah. bank there will be important. All right. Okay. And Q1 earnings season kicks off as well in the United States. So we'll see what that does to equities, mainly banks, isn't it, later on today? Yes. I suppose technically the, the season has begun, but it's now when it really matters when we have the, the major banks who are starting to report yeah, right, yeah. And, and then see what the outlook is in particular. Kicks off in earnest, I should have said. All That's right. right. Very good. Uh, we will uh, catch you again very soon. Thanks, Rodrigo. <laughs> Cheers, Phil. Talk soon. And tomorrow morning, <laughs> it's either going to be Rodrigo again or it's going to be Dave DeGarris. We don't know yet. We're going to leave you hanging on that one, but I'm going to be here. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you in the morning. Have a great day.